Live in the dining room of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island for the Mackinac Policy Conference, our annual trip up north with powerful political and business leaders to focus on the most challenging problems we have in our city, in our state, and our nation. We are talking today with members of uh, Michigan's congressional delegation. We just spoke with Senator Gary Peters uh, about the climate in Washington and the need to stand up. Uh, to the excesses of the Trump White House. I am now joined by two members of Michigan's House delegation. Congresswoman Debbie Dingell is a Democrat from Dearborn. She represents Michigan's 12th Congressional District. Debbie, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning, Stephen. Great to be with you. Great to see you. Also with us is Congressman Fred Upton. He is a Republican from St. Joseph. He represents Michigan's 6th District. Fred, welcome to Detroit Hey, today. it's always a pleasure to be with you yes. and Deborah. Yes. Uh, so uh, the reason we have the two of you guys here is because you sit on opposite sides of the aisle in Washington, but you guys have done a lot of work to try to figure out ways to preserve the idea of civility in politics, of bipartisanship. So I'm going to start here. Is bipartisanship, is civility in politics dead in the Trump era? Fred, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> See, we're looking. You know, it's not doing very well right now. Let's let's face it. And uh, Deborah and I, we are two that are trying to move the ship forward. It's always been part of our philosophy. I actually learned it from John Dingell uh, when he was chairman of the Energy and Commerce Committee. We did a lot of things together, and we got things done. And when I became chairman, I changed the rules of our committee. We, too, got a lot of things done under President Obama. And, you know, as you look at the start of this Congress, not a lot to me has, has gotten done. We got the two sides in their two corners. And we, Deborah and I, are working hard as members. Actually, we're vice chairs of the Problem Solvers Caucus, bipartisan group of about 50. And we made some positive changes. And we are the group that I think if, if we are going to get things done, it's going to be through us. It actually does what the people, what our folks want us to do, and that is take the best ideas from both sides and work together to get things across the transom. Mm. Uh, Debbie, when you were elected to Congress, uh, Democrats were in the minority. Of course, last year in 2018, Democrats took control of the House of Representatives. Uh, talk about how uh, that leadership position puts pressure on Democrats to maintain this idea of bipartisanship and civility rather than, I guess, retaliating for the years that Republicans were in control. We have a responsibility to deliver for the people. And we actually have moved a number of bills through the House this year since uh, Nancy Pelosi became Speaker, ranging from campaign finance reform to domestic violence to gun control legislation to uh, prescription drugs, etc. Fred and I work on a lot of uh, bills together. We don't always agree, but we listen to each other. I mean, we'll actually have honest, well, well, why have you thought about this? What about this? Compromise is not a dirty word. And I think, you know, we were elected to deliver for people to, and by the way, I think Congress has an oversight responsibility. I'm not saying that we should abdicate that in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. uh, the most recent issue being, while we were gone, the president decided he was going to sell 
arms to Saudi Arabia, and that is not something that I think he can go around the Congress for and will make noise about. But I say that directly to Fred, <laughs> and he hears me say it. And, you know, we got to work together. Yeah. Well, and I'm not afraid to oppose the president on things. I mean, we are equal branches of government. I was one of 30-some Republicans that voted to override his veto on taking money that's, you know, traditionally when money has to be reprogrammed, mm -hmm. and it's happened, yeah. hurricanes, et cetera, there has always been a concurrence, maybe not a vote, but a concurrence uh, by both Republicans and Democrats on the Appropriations Committee in both the House and the Senate. And, you know, the, the courts are going to ultimately decide this or decide it soon. And the president was using money that had been appropriated for defense and using it for something else. Yeah. Uh, that's not right. And there were a number of us then that stood up. And, and for me, I did the same thing when President Obama was pre president. Yeah. And he lost in the courts. And we'll, we'll see what happens now and with, with this president. So, so, Fred, I'm also curious what you make of uh, what the president said about Joe Biden when he was overseas. Now, Joe Biden is somebody uh, who... who campaign for you in your last well I wouldn't bid. say that he campaigned for me <laughs> he made an off-the-cuff remark from his heart in a, in a group um, that he, where he spoke uh, and he said something along the lines of by the way your congressman Fred Upton yeah, is one of the guy. nicest guys yeah. I've ever worked with and you know I would say the same thing about him we did work together on a number of issues from Ukraine to 21st Century Cures, which is something that we were able to get through the Congress. Major bipartisan uh, legislation. Debbie was instrumental, and I brought my health care team to University of Michigan. We've seen great progress on fighting disease and more money for NIH research. And, you know, Joe Biden was the link to the administration that assured us that President Obama was on board, and it was hailed as one of the most significant pieces of legislation that he signed into law in that Congress, and yeah. I'm very proud of that. And But we did establish early on a personal relationship, and again, it goes back. If you want to get things done in divided government, if you don't have people that you can work with on the other side of the aisle, then you're just done. You're just spinning at, at windmills. And so, so what the president said then about uh, Joe Biden when he was overseas standing next to one of the most uh, brutal dictators uh, on the planet. Uh, how did that land on your ears? You know, it's not called for. You know, it just, it's, it's uh, sandbox politics. You know, you don't, you don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a senator from Michigan many years ago who said politics needs to end at our nation's shores. And uh, you just don't do that. When we were overseas, we were Americans, and you do not take pot shots at anybody. I, I was surprised to see him uh, do that. I mean, I, I guess uh, it's hard to, to keep up the level of surprise at the president's uh, behavior because each day or each week, it seems he goes to a new space. But this seemed maybe, maybe something that would be beyond the pale uh, when he stood there, again, overseas on Memorial Day saying these things about the uh, former vice president. You know what's worse for me? Is for the president of the United States to poo-poo another nuclear test. You know, I, 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 and I'm not trying to put Fred on the spot, uh, but I'm just going to say that there are, I do not understand this president's fascination with these 
dictators, sure. these bullies, these men that are out to undermine. And to, if you read the Mueller report, what bothers me more than anything in the Mueller report is how Russia is out to divide us as a country. Yeah. And I worry sometimes Russia's, you know, succeeding. They're succeeding at Winning. a lot of the things that they're trying to do. Uh, Fred, what kind of position does that put you in as a Republican? Not to put you on the spot here, but but talk about within the caucus, for instance, in the House, how do you discuss these things uh, and how do you decide when it's time to have to stand up to this president, Justin Amash, uh, a neighboring congressman here to your district in, in, in Michigan, has said he's had enough and that he believes there should be an impeachment uh, process that unfolds for this president. As Republicans, how do you how do you balance well, that loyalty to party versus the idea that uh, there 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 are principles at stake? Here? Well, a couple of things. First of all. We've been at home since Memorial Day, yes. so we haven't had a caucus You're not talking meeting. With, yes. We haven't had a conference call or anything along. You know, we don't have votes until next Monday, so I'll be going back. Uh, you know, after after this next weekend's over. But you know, for all of us, 435 different people, 435 different districts. For me, I've never been afraid to agree or disagree with any president, regardless of party, and my record reflects that. Mm -hmm. So. President Bush, 43. He had 12 vetoes. I voted to override 11 of them. I worked for President Reagan. One of my first votes I cast was overriding his veto on a highway bill. I said, our roads are bad then. They're still bad now. <laughs> and we're still talking about We need about that, that money. And, yeah, and I voted to override successfully that veto. Uh, President Obama, again, he signed into legislation. Uh, I was with him. Gave me the pen. 21st Century Cures, a major bill that impacts every life on, on planet Earth. So it, go, it goes back to, you know, and I said this a little bit earlier, President Reagan, successful president, Democratic Congress, he won 49 states when he was reelected. He did. And that's, you know, they all work, every president works to get reelected. But if you want to get things done, you got to work with both sides. And what he said this last weekend was not helpful. Uh, so later... Uh, Later at the conference here, you guys are going to be talking, it's today, in fact, on stage, about civility. Give us a preview of what we're going to hear. Hey, we're going to be spontaneous. <laughs> You're still putting that all together? Well, it's, you know, we do work together. I mean, you know, I've known Debbie a lot of years, and we are personal friends. Our families are friends, and there is never a time that we're going to be at each other's throat. And we, yes, we agree and disagree on different issues, but we, we are agreeable. And, in fact, the proof in the pudding is there are lots of issues, certainly important to Michigan, whether it be the autos, the environment, hardworking people, that we are together on the same page and we are making a positive difference in their lives to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll say something about the. I actually wrote my thesis on this. And one of the things that I've observed is people don't get to know each other now. They don't have relationships. And I think it becomes very difficult to demonize somebody if you know them. And we need to spend more time getting to know each other. Fred's one of my best friends. I mean, it is rarely a day that we don't talk to each other. Mm -hmm. One of she us. She claims that every time she comes to my side of the state, it snows. <laughs> yeah, well, it does. It was true. I had to take a picture to show that it wasn't. <laughs> but we do. And when John died, Fred was right there. Fred flew home with me the first time because I was dreading it. Yeah. I mean, we have a real relationship. And 
people talk. You know, when something happens on any issue, we'll talk. And I'm like, Fred, have you thought about this? Or what are we going to do about this? People need to be able to do that. You can respectfully disagree. We need to hear other perspectives. We need to listen to other perspectives. You know, and it isn't bad to, to grow in an opinion or to change your mind. I don't have the same opinions I had when I was 18, and I sure hope I don't. I sure hope I've learned a lot along the way. Mm. Uh, John Dingle actually taught me a lot of those lessons. He was my chairman. His office was across the hall from mine for a lot of years. My daughter sold him Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) And, you know, he was a a person that everyone respected, and he had a great relationship with both sides of the aisle. You know, John Boehner is going to be up here tomorrow, former Speaker of the House. He and John Dingle were very good personal friends, and they worked together on a host of issues. Uh, So sometimes when we talk about this idea of getting along and being able to respect people with different opinions, uh, I hear a lot of people say, you know, things are in a really bad shape in terms of protecting people's rights, for instance. Uh, There are a lot of people who are quite frightened by the things that uh, this president wants to do, the things that are unfolding as a part of this administration. And it's not a time for civility. It's a time for protest. It's a time for pushback. It's a time for uh, assertion of the idea that people have inalienable rights. Uh, how do you answer that, Debbie, for instance, when you, you, you have liberal groups or liberal interests who say, I don't want to be civil anymore. I want to make sure that there's no more toll exacted on my side. Well, I agree that what some of the things that this president wants to do are absolutely horrendous. And as I've said, I'll work with this president if it will help the people of my district. And if it's going to hurt them, he'll meet a buzzsaw like one that he's never met. But, you know, I, I think social media is one of the worst things that's happened to us because initially it was supposed to be something that connected us together. But it has resulted in just absolutely horrible rhetoric that is just... It, it, it's hateful and it's contributing to the dividing of this country and I simply don't think the vitriolic language threatening to kill people or the disgust of which people I, I don't think it's okay and I'm and I'm I'm not afraid moveon.org was upset about look I think we have a responsibility to investigate to get the facts nobody's above the law I'm not moving as fast as I want but I'm not afraid to talk to them I'm like they come into a town hall meeting I'm like, come on in, and I'll tell you exactly how I feel. (laughs) You need to be able to defend how you feel, but I don't have to do it in a rude, disdainful, whatever, despicable (laughs) way. So, Stephen, this is a true story. So, a little bit later this morning, most, many of the, all the members of the Michigan delegation that are here are going to be together in a press conference, and we're going to be talking about Asian carp, something that all of us hate, all right? There will be social media immediately going after us, calling us, you know, for whatever names. No, oh. no, well, who knows for what, but they will disagree with us working together to block Asian carp coming to the Great Lakes. I mean, is, as silly as that, I, I yeah. mean, is something that we ought to be 100%, there will be the detractors that will find fault with all of us for working together on an issue that impacts all of us. Yeah. So, so when you come home and do town hall meetings, for instance, which I know... Uh, all members of Congress try to do from time to time. Not all members, but both well, of us. Most do. members, right? Uh, <laughs> what do you What do you hear from people about this? I mean, do people push back and say, 
we need you to fight harder? Do people say, I don't want you sitting with Republicans or I don't want you sitting with Democrats. I want you fighting for, for our side. We hear the whole picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when are you going to get on the Trump train? When are you going to start standing up? You know, when are you start? I mean, you hear, I mean, we have divided government for a reason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But we hear it from all, you know, everybody. I mean, it's just the way that it is. You know, parades for me are a mini focus group, too. And yeah, I right? had a lot of them this yeah. weekend. <laughs> and, you know, I saw people in Trump 2020. Although I have to say people were, I mean, I've had some of the nasty people. But last year, people that were throwing the thumbs down instead just said in a nice tone, make America great again. <laughs> you know, you get it all. And then you get people impeach them. It's don't wait any longer. But I'm not afraid. you got to be willing to defend the position that you take and talk to people and tell them why you've taken it. We gave bonus candy to people who had an American flag on their shirt. Ah, there you go. It was a good day for parades uh, all this weekend. <laughs> That's really good. Okay, Debbie Dingle, Congresswoman from Michigan's 12th District. Uh, always great to have you here with us. Great to be with you and Fred. And Fred Em in the Michigan Congressional 6th District from St. Joe's. Always great to have you here as well. Pleasure. Good All to right. see you, sir. Okay. Up next, we are going to talk to two new members of Michigan's congressional delegation, both women who flipped their districts from red to blue in the last election. Alyssa Slotkin and Haley Stevens join us next. Stay with us on Detroit Today.